The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Welcome, welcome. Seven minutes after seven o'clock, Monday evening. You are just a hop, skip, and a jump away from more employment law knowledge. It takes a phone call or an email. That is it, 416-870-6400. To get smart, John Pincus is here doing the show again tonight. Got a whole bunch of topics to cover, and uh, we'll get into the aging workforce. Wonder if that's a personal jab towards me, but we'll find out. We'll see what John says. But uh, lots here to cover. We always start with the uh, the week that was. Johnny, big fella, how are you tonight? I'm good, and I and I assure you, we're not going to take any uh, personal jabs. You, you're uh, you're still uh, you're still young in the eyes of the law, John. That's what matters, yeah, right? Good. Yeah, except for vaccines, right? I'm already qualified because I'm 50 plus, so I already got right. a vaccine. Well, you know, that's it's, it's, that's yeah, a different story. Can't help you with that, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but let's uh, let's talk about a few situations that uh, I was uh, dealing with recently. Cool and which uh, hopefully our listeners will uh, relate to and potentially have um, some uh, experiences that they may want to share of their own. And and that's what this is all about, about uh, discussing with people about everyday situations. So uh, the first situation I want to talk about is uh, a woman who worked for a small uh, family-owned business uh, for about 12 years as a general manager. And this company was in the uh, furniture business and operated in a small community in Ontario and and employed about 35 people. By now, you've heard the story a million times. The company gets hit by COVID-19, puts half the staff on layoff. Now, the other staff did remain employed using the government's CEWS program, uh, and this was last April. Since that time, she's been very patiently waiting for the company that she spent the last 12 years working for to call her back. That was until about three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, she's told, hey, we're back and we're operating, but we're not going to be able to bring everyone back. And in particular, we're not going to be able to bring back our general manager, that being this this uh, this lady, uh, which right. we're just going to roll into the owner's positions, basically. The owners are going to cut costs by adopting those duties to themselves. Uh, and as for severance, we're going to offer you three months pay, which is more than we owe you because our payroll is under $2.5 million. Now, This person happened to be a listener of the show and knew that she was owed, of course, much more than that. So she explained to them, look, I know that I'm entitled to more than this. I went on the severance pay calculator, and my entitlement is as much as 12 to 15 months pay. And that's when she's told, well, no, actually, the real reason we can't pay you is we simply are not in a financial position to do so. And that is when she came to me. Yep. To be clear... As a practical matter, of course, you can't get blood from a stone, right? So if a company really has no assets or they've gone bankrupt, this person is not going to be paid their full severance or anything close to it. But a company cannot actually argue at law that because times are tough, they don't have to pay severance. Mm -hmm. Terror Court of Appeals very clear about this. Severance entitlements are the same in good times and bad times. So this person is going to be owed far more than this, and we're going to be intervening on her behalf to get her what she's owed. 416-870-6400 to have your say and your phone calls. you got something to talk about tonight. This show is live, of course, and here for you. 
That's how we brand it live show just for the uh, for the people to call in like yourself and ask your questions. Seven ten, so you got lots of time. What's your uh, what's your next uh, case you're working on, John? So the second situation involves someone who'd recently who'd been working as a supervisor for a company for about twenty years. And throughout that time, it's particularly in the latter years, had quite a few people reporting to her, about 15 people. And recently, the company tried to update her employment agreement and get her to sign off on a termination clause that severely restricted her entitlements. In exchange for that, she was offered a lump, offered a lump sum payment of $1,000. That was actually the first point of contact that I had with her. Uh, and we had a consultation about that, and I warned her that, look, if you sign off on this, you're going to be giving up a huge amount of severance entitlements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if the company is putting this in its employment agreements and in your pl- employment agreement, it is because they are planning on relying on it. So she, you know, very wisely, I think, accepts that advice and says, look, I, I thank you for offering me $1,000, but I-, I can't sign this employment agreement. I can't uh, agree to these things. Yeah. And so, okay, that's fine, they said. Uh, but two weeks later, all of a sudden, she, her direct reports are removed. Uh, she's no longer a supervisor, and they tell her she's going to be working the night shift. And just for the record, this is someone who has never had to work a night shift in, in about right. 20 years. So this was a clear case of constructive dismissal and an employer acting in immense bad faith. Doing these things alone would be enough typically to constitute a constructive dismissal. But mixed with the timing in her rejecting the employment agreement, it was just painfully obvious that this employer was simply trying to push her out because she would not agree to give up a substantial entitlement to severance, basically trying to force her to quit. So we are going to be helping her to treat this as a termination. And as you can imagine, after 20 years, this is going to be a substantial entitlement. I will mention that in treating something as a constructive dismissal, you have to be very, very careful. Do not do anything before speaking with a lawyer because if you leave prematurely or you leave under circumstance where it is not a constructive dismissal that's going to be a resignation in which case you lose all severance and potentially uh, even your right to employment insurance so be very careful make sure you speak with us before you do anything yeah it's interesting when you hear stories like that and you know when you when you talk about them here in the show john it's a classic case of the employer you know says do this you don't do it then they say fine we're going to take our ball and go home and they just either let you go or, yeah, they try to demote you and cut your pay and change your shift and do other things as punishment, right? But, um, you know, obviously they can't do that. Now, the thing is, though, had she accepted that, it would have cost her, like you said, potentially down the line thousands of dollars. But the company can let her go if, if she won't do that. But they would have to voluntarily, without bringing in John Pincus, they would have had to properly offer her severance in that regard if they're going to do that, right? Correct. Yeah. So if she would have signed off on that and then, you know, six months, a year down the line, they tell her, ah, you know what, we got to let you go without cause. Here's your minimum entitlements, which is all that this employment agreement happened to be offering her. There would have been nothing that I can do. Now, if you're put in that situation, you always want to call an employment lawyer anyway, because sometimes there is something we can do, even if you have signed off one of those. In fact, often, uh, even most of the time, there's something we can do, because usually these employment agreements are not drafted legally. But this one was, so there really would not have been anything I could have done um, and and it, like I said, I mean, if they are putting that in their employment agreements, it is because they are intending to use it. That's what you have to remember. 416-870-6400, the number to call in tonight live. Talk to John, ask your questions. It's uh, 714. you still got plenty of time. Let's start dealing with the aging workforce. I want to mention as well as we as we roll along here, help at employmentlawyer.ca is how you reach out or one 821 5900 to get a hold of John and his team. 
outside the uh, the hour of the show. So, you know, aging workforce boomers are getting up there. The the top end of the boomers are probably ten years into retirement. The bottom end are not looking that far down the uh, the barrel of retirement as well. So, what can employers employers now do with older employees to become, I guess you could say, less productive? How does that play out? Right. Well, we always like to say, you know, we're not here just to speak to employees. Uh, Employers uh, have rights as well. And the most important right that an employer has in that situation where an older employee has become less productive is they have the right to terminate without cause. The only thing that you can't do is you can't terminate their employment because they're older and they're one of the older employees. Now, it's never going to look good if you're terminating one of the oldest employees in the workforce. Um, And if it's someone who you value and you want to keep around, obviously you want to offer coaching. uh, And if it's severe, you may want to consider performance improvement plans. This is something that you can do or you can have an employment lawyer help you to really signal to this person that, hey, you you gotta pick up the slack because your job is in jeopardy. If you have reason to suspect a medical issue is at play, if they've raised a medical issue as something that is causing them struggles, then you may want to offer accommodations. You may want to invite that employee to have their doctor submit an accommodation plan. But remember, you always, as an employer, you have the right to terminate without cause as long as you are doing it because, for example, they're less productive and not because of a discriminatory reason. For example, they just happen to be one of the older employees. And as we move on here, make a, make a note that there is no longer, nor has there been for probably 12, 15 years, a mandatory retirement age. People think, you know, once you're 65, out you go. That's that's not the case, right? Yeah, I, I believe we're at about 15 years now since that's yeah. been legal and uh, illegal in Ontario. So uh, if an employer is telling you that you are uh, being mandated to retire, um, then you're dealing with not just severance entitlements, but human rights entitlements as well. Yeah, 416-870-6400 is the number to call through if you want to uh, ask John a question as we roll on here. 416-870-6400 is the way you do that. Let's get one call in before we uh, take a break. Hey, John, uh, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Hey, how are you doing? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind tonight? I just had a quick question. Is your employer allowed to ask you if you've had your COVID shots? Excellent question. Well, um, I, I think that's going to be case specific, and we're still working our, our, our way through that. Now, the, the consensus for the most part is that most employers aren't going to be able to mandate vaccinations. Um, but if you're in a, an environment where it may imperil the safety of other people around you, um, and it's you know, and it's a legitimate um, safety concern where the question is stemming from. Um, I, I don't think that's necessarily um, certainly not a, it's not a discriminatory question. It only what matters is what do they do with that information, right? If you're someone who for some reason you know got a blood clot risk or something, you have been able to take your shot, and you are disadvantaged because of that, um, then that could be a human rights issue. Well, they basically just said that it was for their records in case the ministry came in uh, to check on their. Uh, there's sanitation procedures and, and whatnot. Yeah, I'm not personally, to be honest with you, I'm not aware of any ministry guideline where they're they're actually going to be checking up on, on people who have been vaccinated. Certainly, the Ministry of Labor can go in to see that, you know, proper PPE is being used and right. that uh, masking and, and whatnot is being used. But um, so far, and again, this is an evolving situation, so this this very much could change. But so far, I don't know of any 
ministry guideline actually saying we're going to check up and find out how many of your workers are vaccinated. I mean, either a company's operating safely or not. Um, and I, I suppose if it's the kind of environment where the only way they can operate safely is to have everyone in the workforce vaccinated, that's a, that's a possibility. Sounds a little draconian either way, so I don't think it's probably going to happen. Uh, Matt, we uh, we see you there. Stand by. Your call is next, and you as well. You got lots of time. John Pick is here, taking all the and doing all the heavy lifting. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred Monday Night Edition Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. 722. Yeah, we are back. You are back. Good to have you along. 416-870-6400. If uh, you want some information anytime, a little bit of reading, a little bit of brushing up on your employment law knowledge, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Anytime. Absolutely free and anonymous. Covers most things you will need to know when it comes to employment law. Also wrapped up in there, if you want to know where your severance would be, in the uh, disastrous uh, event that you lose your job, you can go there. It's got the severance pay calculator wrapped into it as well. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But going back to our phones, our favorite place to be. Matt, thank you so much for sticking around through the break. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, fantastic. What's on your mind? Um, I just had a random question. If I, I in April or April, excuse me, in August 2019, I st- just so chose to stay home with my kids for parental leave. Upon my return in April 2020, I was let go without cause. Um, My employer and I negotiated, and I thought at the time it was a half-decent severance. The question I have now is, no one expected COVID to last this long, and attempting to find work obviously has been difficult. Mm -hmm. Is there any precedent for that being reopened, or are we kind of just, we made an agreement and we stick to the agreement? Well, um, if you've made a binding agreement, then um, that's, you're, you're going to be stuck with that. Um, right. Did that involve signing a release? Uh, I, I believe it did. I'm not 100% sure, though. I'd have to lo- look at the paperwork. Right. Well, I'd, I'd encourage you to send us that paperwork so we can look it over. I mean, it, it, it really depends what you agree to. If, if it just said, right. you know, we will pay you this amount... Um, then that's one thing. But if it says, you know, we will pay you this amount and you agree you have no further claims and this is your full entitlement to pay in lieu of right. notice, et cetera, et cetera, then I, I think you're going to be stuck with that. So I'll say most likely you're going to be stuck with that, but it, it yeah. really depends on what it is that you signed. So I'd, I'd have to see it. If there's a release, um, then that'll be, that'll probably. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, I don't think anyone expected the COVID hangover to be this long for the employment <laughs> sector. So. I, I kind of felt like it was a good deal at the time, but now I'm kind of like, I wonder if I could have waited them out, so, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, you know, it, it certainly hindsight's twenty twenty, and I and, you know, there's no point in beating yourself up about it. Um, I think that, you know, for future reference, it's this is one of the reasons why it's always good to sort of you know, consult with an employment lawyer, make sure that, you know, you get the absolute maximum possible at right. that time, uh, but... 
having already negotiated that, all we can do at this point is really see what it is that you've signed and if it leaves any opening for, for you to still stake out a claim. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Matt. Right, Appreciate you. the call. You want to follow up, you can do so. one 821 5900 one Plus, I think he said August 2019, so the clock is ticking because he's got two years, right? If there's anything you can do. Uh, well, I believe what he said is that he um, he had a parental leave in August 2019, and I think he said okay. in April 2020 he was let oh, go. Okay, so he's good to so go. So he's, he's yeah. still okay for time, but yeah, time. certainly sooner rather than later would be good. You bet. 416-870-6400. Hey, Luke, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Always good to do hear your program. Excellent. What do you need? Okay. Uh, I work as a courier, and uh, I believe I am a dependent courier because I have to rent a pager in this uh, technology nowadays from them, and they provide uh, some uh, transportation money because I, I, I get around by public transit to make these deliveries. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently, they cut three of my best uh, contracts. I work, I work commission, and uh, as a result, my pay dropped between thirty and fifty percent this last month. And uh, uh, okay, and I've been working there for ten years. And I think what they, the reason they, they they took away these contracts because they wanted to give it to the the drivers because it's hard to retain drivers because everybody's delivering food right now. Right. Okay. And and you say you're dependent on them. Is this the only um, employer that you work for? Or the only company yeah, you work for? Yeah, that's the only, the only place I work for, yeah. And you've, and you've been working only for them for the last 10 years? 10 years. 10 years, yeah. Yeah, so that certainly sounds like a situation where you could be uh, an employee at law or at the very least a dependent contractor, as, as you mentioned. Uh, and a drop in pay of 30 to 50%, I mean, if it's unprecedented. Um, it is. That, then, um, yeah, that, that certainly could be a termination. And if you're looking to treat it as a termination, then this is something that we definitely want to talk about here. Um, but, Luke, I, I think all the ingredients are there for a, a viable claim for severance based on what you describe. So, yeah, I, I would like to add that I get a little bit of a draw against commission. So uh, every, sure. every day I'm, I'm, uh, I get like a, a, a minimal amount of money to, uh, as, a, as a motivation to get out of bed because the rest is made up by commission. So by dropping right. this commission 30 to 50 percent daily, that's a huge mm-hmm. drop. I, I, I can oh, barely yes. pay my rent and I have nothing, nothing else left. Well, Luke, I, I think, you know, at the risk of, of not knowing more details, and we certainly would want to get into more details, what you've described sounds like a very compelling case, and I'd, I'd like you to give us a call if, if uh, I will. When, you, when you have a chance, because this is certainly the kind of situation where um, an employment lawyer can help you navigate this and, and either get them to undo the change uh, or to uh, to seek a severance package, depending on Well, I'm preferences. still negotiating to undo this change because they, they promised verbally that they're going to mm-hmm. make it up to me, but I haven't seen it in a month, and uh, I I have very little savings left, so I'm very very worried now. Yeah, and and if they're going to do that, you're going to want a binding agreement that they're either going to undo the change or, I mean, what's the more common result here, which is that a a negotiated severance package. So please do give us a call. Will do. This uh, this does sound like a constructive dismissal, so let's talk about it. It sure is. I just wanted to confirm that. I'll I'll, I'll be reaching out to you uh, very soon. Have a great evening, and thanks for your help. Thank you. Luke, appreciate that, and here's how you do that, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Again, one 821 5900 Anytime, get a hold of John and his team. He'll uh, 
He'll carry forward with you. Here and now, still lots of time, 416-870-6400. That is the number to call in like Luke and like uh, everyone before him, and you can ask your questions here on the air. That's why we're doing this show tonight live, of course. Talking about the aging workforce, back to this one. So we talked about uh, what employers can do with older employees who are getting a little bit less productive. Now, what should an employee do if he or she feels like they're struggling with their job? Well, uh, you know, on the other side of the coin, there actually is only so much that you can do as an employee. I mean, if your employer's not happy with you and you're not able to uh, improve on the job that you're doing, then um, you may be stuck. Um, the first thing that you want to do, of course, is ask for assistance, right? If there's some coaching that they can assist you or something new has been introduced in the workforce that you need assistance navigating, then you want to go to your employer for assistance. Um, if there's something health-wise that you think is holding you back, you may want to take a medical leave. Um, and if there's something, you're receiving some criticism and you say, wait a minute, that's that's not right. That's not how it happened. Or, you know, it's missing this important context. Make a response. Put a rebuttal in writing. It doesn't have to be something formal. You just send an email and say, look, I actually don't agree with this and this is why. And that'll help you later because what you want to do is you want to avoid the employer asserting cause. You can't prevent an employer from terminating your employment if that's what they're inclined to do. Um, but you can take steps to weaken an argument that they don't owe you severance. Moving on, 416-870-6400. you still got time. Uh, can they be disciplined, an older employee, if they're not you know, keeping up to the way they were before? Or does that happen? And what happens if they are disciplined? Well, um, if they are disciplined, um, then, I mean, that's not necessarily um, a human rights uh, Discrimination Act in itself, um, an older employee can be disciplined as long as it is not related to their age. Now, if it's related to a medical uh, issue, that's also going to be a problem, um, but it really is going to be context-specific. So if they're being disciplined after it was suggested to them that they retire, if they're being disciplined after it was suggested to them that their medical issue is interfering, or after they suggested to the employer that the medical issue um, is um, interfering, then that's going to be human rights discrimination. But if the employer is simply engaging in good faith performance management, uh, that doesn't mean um, that, um, that that's going to be a human rights uh, issue. Now, it doesn't mean because you're not a perfect employee that the employer can always hide behind that. They have to show that there was actually something going on there. But again, there has to be a connection between the discrimination and the act for there to actually be uh, a human rights violation. How about if it goes all the way and the employer uh, or employee gets terminated by the employer for being less productive? Well, uh, this is where it could become a human rights violation if it's connected to their age. So if someone says, look, uh, you know, you're 70 years old, 75 years old, and you just can't cut it anymore, that's going to be an legal termination and because mandatory retirement has been illegal since 2006. Now, there are rare exceptions, okay? So if the employer can show that um, you have to be in, you know, peak physical condition to do the job or there's a safety concern beyond a certain age um, and, you know, that's substantiated, uh, then, yeah, they may be able to say, well, you know what, we really cannot keep people employed after a certain age because it's not safe uh, or be, it's just not possible. But in most cases, that's just going to be human rights uh, discrimination. Okay, let's, let's, let's kind of uh, dovetail into that one. If an employer 
has no choice but to terminate an older employee, um, what type of severance should the employee expect or employer have to pay? Would it be enhanced? Well, typically an older employee is going to be entitled to more severance by virtue of their age because the way the law looks at that is they say, well, other people are going to be looking at this employee um, and saying, why am I hiring someone who is on the doorstep of retirement? Uh, but we use the same considerations that we always do that you can find on the severance pay calculator, years of service, the nature of the position, compensation, uh, and there's other things we look at, such as the marketplace for those uh, positions. Is this someone who you recruited? Um, is this someone who had a medical condition at the time that you let, uh, you let them go? Because if that's the case, that's also going to increase the amount of severance owed. So we look at it holistically at all the, all the factual circumstances at the time. If I'm an employer and I've got an employee like this who's, you know, starting to not keep up, age is obviously a factor. How do I handle that? Do I just kind of uh, say, you know, do you need some special help, accommodation, retraining? Can we do something just to make it a little easier for you? How does how is that properly handled by an employer? Well, if an employer is is in a situation where um, the employee's not cutting it, as long as you're not saying anything about their age, it's more about what you don't do than what you do. I mean, you just want to treat them the same way you would treat any other employee who is struggling. Right. So if you if you simply say, look, here's a performance improvement plan, um, here's some coaching resources, here, you know, we're prepared to help you, uh, and maybe even saying, look, if this doesn't improve, you know, your, your employment may be terminated, there's nothing inherently wrong with an employer doing that as long as they don't do something like like give that to them right when they come back from a medical leave or give that to them after they've suggested that their employees retire, which an employer should almost never be doing in, in, in very, very few circumstances, in very, very few industries should that ever be happening. Um, so as long as it hasn't come on the heels of them suggesting someone should retire, not necessarily going to be a human rights violation. And again, you have the right to terminate that employee if you're doing it for non-discriminatory reasons. 416-870-6400. You still got time to call in, ask your questions either about this topic or something uh, not related so much to uh, this topic, but something about employment law for yourself or for a colleague, family member, coworker. That's fine. 416 870 6400 so now i'm an employee and i kind of feel i'm getting the spidey sense that i was let go because of my age what what would i do or what would they do in that regard well we always say the first thing that you want to do is you want to speak to an employment lawyer okay so uh, you don't want to start uh, a lot of people say well i want to start an, an application at the human rights tribunal of ontario that's probably not what we're going to do in that case because if there's severance that's owed, we're going to deal with the human rights aspect and the severance together. Uh, obviously, don't sign anything. Don't agree to anything. Speak to an employment lawyer. Let's walk it through. Uh, let's talk about how much severance you're owed, and let's talk about whether there's a viable human rights claim. Even if there isn't, there may very well be a substantial severance issue um, that is probably going to be much more financially significant anyway. Want to move on to uh, to an email in between uh, some phone calls as we get a few more lined up here, and it'll be uh, Steve says, Steve, uh, hey John, I was I was just terminated from a position right before a bonus came due, and the company is refusing to pay it. What recourse do I have? Well, Steve, you absolutely do have recourse because what the law says is that an employer can't avoid simply paying a bonus 
um, right before it comes due if you just terminate that employee right before it comes due. Now, there can be exceptions if you have signed certain language and that language is, is legally enforceable, but for most employees, um, they're going to be owed uh, those bonuses. So what I would want to see is what you've signed through your employment and all of the things being equal, you're going to be entitled to that bonus. And in fact, you will probably be entitled to a prorated bonus for the following year. Huh. 416-870-6400 is mentioned. Still got some minutes, still got some time to uh, ask your questions. Hey, Tony, how are you? I'm well, guys. How are you? Beauty. What's uh, what's on your mind? Oh, well, I've been working at the same company for, well, it was 17 years when I got laid off last year in April. Mm-hmm. So now it's been a whole year, 13 months. Does that get a, Does that get added on to the severance? Like, would, would I ask for 18 years of severance, or is it 17 years of severance? Yeah, so interestingly, this is, this is a bit of a technical issue. So it, it really depends, Tony, on whether they acknowledge your employment has been terminated um, or whether we use the initial date of the layoff. Now, as a, as a legal principle, it's technically that initial date of layoff um, that... Um, that matters. Okay, so the initial date of layoff, um, all other things being equal, is the date of termination, and that's when service ends. Now, the impact of that is if you decide to pursue your severance package, which you could do now, um, then all that income that you've lost uh, between uh, April and now, and 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 that you will lose potentially over the next. Uh, few years, a few months rather, um, is going to be compensable. We'll say, you know, Tony's been terminated in April and he's lost all this money. Um, so while it's not going to extend your service date, it's going to have a much more significant impact in basically establishing that, you know, if you've been out of work since then, um, that you're going, that you've incurred substantial losses and are entitled to that. Um, just to add something else here. Um, if, if, uh, when you guys do a severance, do you ask for a one lump sum payment or do you ask for it monthly? And if it is it, if it's a lump sum payment, do you usually negotiate a lesser deal? So that's a good question. Um, it really depends on the circumstances. Um, there are occasions where we do a salary continuance. There are occasions that we do a lump sum. Um, and usually we say the benefit of a lump sum payment is that if you find a new job after you've gotten your severance, there's no required to account for the new income. But in your case, I have to say, Tony, if, if you haven't earned any new income and you're looking at this as a termination from back in April, it really wouldn't make much sense to do it anything else other than a lump sum. And the good thing is you wouldn't have to take the same level of compromise that many other employees would have to take because you've already incurred the losses, right? So if you haven't earned income since last April, then we can simply go to the employer and say, these damages are what we call crystallized. They've already been, the loss has already been incurred. The damage has been done. Uh, and so for that reason, in your case, I think it would be most likely that it would be a lump sum payment. Um, and, you know, we would have some fairly significant negotiating leverage on that point. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for your Thanks, help. Tony. And I'd, uh, Thanks, I'd Tony. encourage you to call us. Absolutely. Appreciate your time, pal. one 821 5900 is the way you do that after the show. Mikey, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Hey, good evening. How are you today? Good, sir. What's, uh, good. what's up okay, with you? Okay, so 
I've been listening to your show quite often, and I'm sort of getting a little educated on, on your topic here. Good. I've been working for 15 years in a retail setting in a store. Uh, I was laid off uh, because of COVID. Uh, I started off as full-time, and then maybe in the last two years or so, it was like maybe two days and three days of one, one week. And so now I've been let off, so I've collected the serve. Now I'm on unemployment. Eventually, that's going to run down. And yet, my my company has yet to even mention anything about severance packs. In fact, they've almost forgotten about me. So I'm getting the feeling that they just are hoping that I'm going to forget about them and move on. And I'm just curious, am I entitled to any severance? Even though I have been working for 15 years, I know that I was working only two days, one week, three days, and next for the last, like, last two years of my employment. Well, the main the main question that I would have in this situation, Mike, is has this store been permitted by the government to operate since you were laid off? Or have well, they're they doing curbside pickup right now. Right. Okay. I know that they have somebody working there with them. So, but uh, yeah. So this is a situation that I would say, if it was physically possible to employ you, and they made a financial decision not to employ you, then yes, I would say that this would be a situation where severance would apply. The only thing that, you know, you want to be, that we need to be careful about in retail environments is if, for instance, you know, you're you're working at the cash um, and that position simply doesn't exist by virtue of a government mandate, then it's not really a termination because the action hasn't actually been taken by the company. It's been taken by the government, right? And you can't pursue the government uh, for having taken these measures. So that, that would be my only concern, if any, in your case. Uh, but if it's the case that the companies continue to operate and and that based on your job – and by the way, what was your was your job, did you mention? Uh, well, it was, uh, it was servicing uh, individuals for particular needs and footwear. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more than just cash. Also, maybe some shipping here and there as well. Right. Well, I, I think we'd have to explore it in more detail. Um, your case may be unique in the sense that if your job relied upon interacting with customers and there's no more customer interaction because that's basically been forbidden by the government, this may be one of those cases uh, where, in fact, there is not an entitlement to severance, even though for the vast majority of people who've been laid off, there is an entitlement to severance, despite what an employer may say. So I'd want to know more details about this. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you a call. Thank you very much. That sounds good. Beauty. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate your time, and thanks for uh, listening so much to the show. I think we could probably squeeze in one more uh, email or two before we uh, before we uh, we let you go. Sonia says, uh, I have been on a medical leave for four years, and I don't think I'll be able to come back to work. Am I entitled to severance? Well, the answer to this question is yes, but only the minimum amounts under the Employment Standards Act. So we're not talking about what you find on the severance pay calculator in this case. In this case, because you're not being terminated and it's your medical leave that has terminated your employment, it's going to be the minimum termination pay uh, that you're entitled to under the Employment Standards Act, and that is it. All right, Jen, you got the last call. Jennifer says, my company was just purchased from, uh, and the new company, rather, has told me they're not offering me a job. Where does that leave me in terms of my rights? Well, your rights in this case would be against the vendor, the company that sold uh, that okay. sold the company, because they have effectively terminated your employment. And since you don't have a new job from the purchaser, so you haven't turned anything down, uh, there's really no argument from them that they don't owe you your severance. So you would go after the previous company, the owners that that, uh, that sold that company. 
if she did, if she was offered a job, say, and she started working with a new company a few months, maybe a couple of years down the road, she gets let go, would they be responsible for the previous 15 years of service with the old company? Um, all of the things being equal, the previous service with the um, with the old company would be factored into the assessment of, mm. of what this person is owed, unless the new company alerted the employee to the fact that um, they're not going to be owed anything. The, the previous service is, is definitely a relevant consideration there. Yeah, that that is one thing right there you would not want to sign on sign off That's on right. any time if getting into right. I mean right there's a big warning sign like yeah just give up the 15 years you had before we'll start you as a new employee six months later you get you get toasted that would not be a good place to be right so make sure you don't do that one in that uh, at any time look we're just about done but we are done for the evening but you can reach out no problem it is uh, it's really simple now that we're gonna gonna wrap her up here until Wednesday night to reach John and his team simple one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred help at employmentlawyer.ca we always advise you first to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca free website lots of information there is contact there as well if you want to go forth and and do so we'll do this again Wednesday night and of course the weekend shows you want to go to employmentlawyer.ca links to our long-running TV show as well but don't go anywhere on point coming right back Alex Pearson standing by on Global News Radio the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.